You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. I'm going to get into my message. I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm excited because uh, we uh, went to uh, White Wright up and spoke at their conference Wednesday night. And only one other time in all the years that I have been ministering the gospel, have I ever, when I preached something and then had to preach it again, I was preaching at a church with three services and all in one day. And I preached two services and then the third service, the Holy Spirit says, now preach it backwards. And I'm like, that's me. That's so ridiculous that has to be me saying that. And I'm telling you, he would not let that go. And I preached this message Wednesday night at that conference. And then when I get home, it's like, now preach it backwards. And I'm like, not again. But I'm telling you, it was better backwards than it was the first time, I don't know. I, I don't understand these things, but I'm telling you, I seen something different than I seen when I preached it, what I call forward. And so <laughs> I'm excited. And we're going to talk today about the three P's of life. Providence, process, and purpose. Providence, process, and purpose. And here's the deal. These, th these three things are at work in your life whether you recognize it or not. And not recognizing it is going to leave you frustrated. It's going to leave you feeling empty. Come on. And here's the deal. There's people that sit in church all their life, and some of them even leave the church because they don't understand providence and process is at work in their life, and they don't recognize it because here's the thing. Providence is, is taking you somewhere. Process is working on you, and purpose is always calling you. And so people sit in church all their life and then they leave at times. And, but yet we are born with purpose on the inside of us, whether you recognize it or not. And so that purpose is always calling you. And when you don't understand providence and process, you end up leaving church frustrated and empty, never understanding that purpose is always calling you because all you were taught was to say a prayer get saved, and wait to go to heaven. And so we've created a system that frustrates us as Christians. Come on, y'all with me? See, with all the overwhelming ridiculousness going on in our culture, it's very easy to get distracted from the fact that God is still at work. Come on. He still placed us right here, right now for this time. And he still has control. In the midst of all the confusion of everything going on, you can't forget that God's still in control. That God still has a purpose. God still has a plan. And he will see it come to pass. And he uses us for that. See, providence is at work. Process is happening. Write it down. And purpose is calling. It's always. See, and there's a kingdom set of procedures that carry on God's purpose in us. There is a, I'm going to say that again. There is a kingdom set of procedures that is carrying on his purpose through us. First Thessalonians 5, 24. Faithful is he who calls you. And he also will bring it to pass. 
That's very comforting. Faithful is he who calls you. And you're, you're sitting there and you just said, well, I don't even know what my calling is. Uh, what am I called to do? What we, listen, you're called. That's why you're going to have to understand providence and process. Oh, we'll get there. Faithful is he who calls you and he also will bring it to pass. Now, go on and get this out of your mind. This isn't the only calling that God calls. When we, we've got this sense that the church culture created, oh, I'm called to Africa or I'm called, it's the pulpit. No. Let me tell you, you're called to your job. You're called to carpentry. You're called to be a secretary. You're called to be an administrator. You're called to be a mother. Yes, absolutely. You're called to be a father. You are called, come on. See, because if you're not mothering your kids, somebody else will, and the devil will make sure somebody else will mother those kids. Come on, are y'all with me? Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Second Thessalonians 3, 3 says, but the Lord is faithful. Come on, the Lord's faithful. Even when we're not. That's providence. Come on. See, the Lord is faithful even when we're not. And it says the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. See, this is coming from a guy who was beaten, jailed, flogged, shipwrecked, snake bit. And he's saying that God's faithful, that God will bring it to pass. Come on. This is coming from a guy who had, was beaten and thrashed 39 times. How many times? Several times, just like Jesus was. And he's saying, God is faithful. God will bring it to pass. Come on. That sounds odd, doesn't it? But here's what you have to understand, that there is always gonna be a thief trying to keep you from purpose. But Paul says the thief can't even stop what God's going to do in your life. That drug addiction, come on, that abusive father, or that abusive mother, that sexual abuse, that mental abuse, come on, a horrible boss, come on, all these, then listen, having a mom, not having a mom, come on, a bad dad, not, all these things can't stop you from what God's going to do in your life. Come on. That's what he's saying. Because God is faithful. See, when we understand providence and process, here's the kicker. You'll find yourself in your purpose. You won't have to wonder. You won't have to even... Listen, when you can understand providence and process, you will wake up one morning and you'll go, and I'm right smack dab in the middle of my purpose. And then you'll find out your purpose is really his purpose. No matter where you're at, come on. See, we got to live for the why and not the what. See, when you're living for the why, the purpose will take care of itself. See, in our why is his purpose. Look in Romans chapter eight. And everybody, everybody has heard Romans eight twenty eight. For God causes all things to work for the good for those who are called according, come on, who love God. See, everybody knows that. It's on our refrigerator. It's, it's something that we get in because, and, and listen, everybody uses it because we all get in a bind and that's what we hear. But we never back up and we never read the whole thing. 
So we're going to back up and we're fixing to read the whole thing. And we're going to start verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, which, see, we hate those kind of things. But yet we're all going to suffer something. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility. Now, some, the King James says, uh, vanity. For the creation was subjected to futility, to vanity, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it in hope. It's very important. That the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one also hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Now, here's where the three P's of life come in. Because God is, because Paul is saying that creation itself was subject to vanity, to futility. Now, here's the thing about that. There, listen, before sin came in the garden, there was no weeds. There was no thorns. There was no thistles. You didn't have to trim trees. You didn't have, everything was alive and it was work. I mean, it functioned. It did exactly what was supposed to happen. And when God kicked them out, he said, now by the sweat of your brow, you're fixing to have to make something of this. In other words, the word futility means empty. Profitless. Oh, come on. Look. In vain. In vain. Profitless. Listen, when you take your hands off of something, what happens? It gets overgrown. If you don't throw junk away around your house, what happens? You get clutter. Let me tell you something. What does There's a whole show about whoredom or uh, not whoredom. Hoarding. Hoarding. Hoarding up. Buried alive. Buried alive. Come on. You, see, there's a whole show. And what happens? It's overwhelming. Come on, you get a sense of overwhelming. And the next thing you know, the clutter and the overwhelmingness and the weeds and the it, 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 we're not taking care of it. It starts to what? Die. It's not producing nothing. It's profitless. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? When your property is not taken care of, the price goes. Come on. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, God subjected. So creation is eagerly waiting for the sons of God to step up and start occupying and taking control and putting it back in order and bringing correction. Come, come on, is anybody in here? See, you can't get from thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven until the sons of God start reflecting what the kingdom of God is and that's life. Yes. 
no matter how many weeds, no matter how disgusting. Oh, man. Jeremy was telling me, that, and this popped into my head, Jeremy. Jeremy, him and his wife, they, they, uh, the, uh, they're the Joanna and Chip Gaines of uh, Harrison Liberty County. And so, and, and, and they, they, they got this house where they, two stories and they can rent it out to like large groups of people. And, and he's got it booked first time. I mean, went in, redone, flipped the flop and all that. And he's in there and all of a sudden he gets a phone call. Man, these toilets won't flush. He's like, golly, what's going on? He goes up there and I mean, he goes to work and here's all these people. They're looking at him, watching. And I mean, he just went in there and revamped this place. And let me tell you something. All of a sudden, he finds himself outside digging him and the plumber all night long, digging a hole and up to here and sewer and finds himself Creation is eagerly groaning. <laughs> Come on. Well, somebody building a fence, put a fence post in the septic line and poured it full of concrete so nothing was getting out of the house. It was going in the house. You could just go, oh man, we're hands off. I ain't getting in that mess. Or you can bear nothing. He will bring it to pass. It doesn't matter how nasty. It doesn't matter how ugly it gets. It doesn't matter if we will step up and we will occupy and do what we're called to do. Come on and start gathering and fixing it. That's just what we do. That's what you got to do. Oh, I'm the guy that I'm the guy that hires everybody to do this. Come on, it would not have gotten done. And he's got people looking at him. Listen, we're after hours here. It's inconvenient. Wait, I'm the owner. I ain't supposed to. Yeah, no, you go, you fix to get your hands dirty. Because you're going to have to bring order and correction if you want to keep this thing going. Listen, the one thing that those kind of deals go on is reviews. And so in your mind, you're thinking, oh my God, they're fixing a review. Man, I was showering in crap. Great reviews, wasn't it, Jeremy? See, God can take care. You just can't sit back and go, oh, well, no, I'm just not. Come on, y'all with me here. Look here. Now look in verse 26. And in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That's when you're down in the mess. That's when you're having to put your hand to the plow. That's when you don't understand what you're going through and you can't even form words, come on, to understand, I don't know why I'm in this, but let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit understands and knows right where you're at and he knows the will of God that he's got way better than this. You just got to keep grinding it out, come on. See, and you're in a process, oh man, of growing. That process, it's working weeds out. It's working thorns out. It's bringing life back into you. We were subject to death. We were born dying. We are born away from God. And until we figure out that we have to Occupy. We have to repent. We have to start cultivating. We have to start bringing things in order. We have to start correcting us. We start correcting us. We start inhabiting. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? 
Look what. It says for us, because I'm telling you, there's going to be times when you don't want to repent and you don't want to obey. Sometimes it just hurts. Sometimes we don't want to give up what we've been holding on to because we think it's good, but it's really only producing death. See, God's way produces life. For he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the spirit of knows, knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, trust me, you want the will of God in your life because when the will of God, when you block yourself off from the will of God, let me tell you something, you get miserable until you repent start bringing correction and start bringing order. Are y'all with me? And we know that God causes all things, here it is, to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, that's his design and what he has ordained. But when you look that word purpose up, in the Greek, it literally means that it's set before God. Something that has been set before. Something that has been ordained and worked out. And it, the implication was showbread. And in the temple of God, the priest would make bread. And once a week, they would take that fresh bread and they would put it before the ark, before the presence of God. And it symbolized the people's need to be in the presence of God for the provision. Come on. So it was called showbread. But here's the deal. Every week they had to replace it. And at the end of that week, when they would go and replace the showbread, the symbol that we need God, that we need to be in his presence, to bring things into order, to bring correction, come on. They could take that bread and then they could use it to sustain them. They could eat it then. Come on. Galatians 5, and I don't think I've, I didn't give you all this, but Galatians 5, I'm going to turn there real quick. If you got your Bibles, you can turn there. If you got your phones, flip over there, scroll. 5.19. Let's look at some weeds. That as we sit before the Lord, God reveals the weeds. Now, let, let me just say this because I, I need to say this because the process of going through cultivating, planting, occupying, see that process will reveal these weeds in our life. Come on, y'all with me? It gives us opportunity to make our ground uh, more fertile and more productive. Does that make sense? Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are Listen, all these things that I'm fixing to read to you, they bring life. Now, at some point, we thought those were life because it's all we knew. Okay? And that's what's hard to give up sometimes because we think that's joy. 
But we don't even understand true joy and we don't even understand true love until we come up against God and we sat before God continually because things can't bring you joy. People can't bring you joy. Your spouse can't bring you joy. Your kids won't bring you joy. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Your job, your careers, money, it's not going to bring you joy. Come on, are y'all with me in here? Because see, we don't understand what true joy, true love, true life is. Because we have set, come on, thinking that life was how much stuff we can get. Come on. So the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality. Come on, there's people who look to fulfill through sensuality. We live in a touchy, feely, oh me. Listen, every one of these deeds of the flesh are so selfish because it's all about me. And if you're not putting yourself before the Lord to understand that you need him, you're in a dangerous place. Showbread. Come on. We need God. We need God. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, Come on, everybody, look, you can drive down the road. People think sorcery's the answer. Come get your palm read. Come on, do not. Horoscopes. Come on, are y'all hearing me? If you're reading about your horoscope, you need to repent. Because all that's going to do is get you all jacked up. Are y'all hearing me? Sorcery. Enmities. Strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness. Listen, envying, that's 90% of America. Keeping up with the Joneses. Woo-hoo, come on. Drunkenness, carousing, things like these, which I forewarn you, just as I forewarn you, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So in other words, what you inherit and what you're producing is futility. It's going to be empty. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And it's producing death. And the ultimate death is what? Hell. Because every breath you'll take, you'll breathe in the flames of hatred. Every breath you'll take, you'll breathe in. Come on. You can't get away from it. That's the ultimate death. That you can't get away from the heat. The flames. Where you thought was love, the lover you thought was love, let me tell you something. You will, oh, well, if he's going to hell, I'm going to go too. Let me tell you something. You're going to look at him and you will hate him because every breath you take, they, listen, hell is absent of love. You young people, you hear what I'm telling you. We're going to hell. We're going to party. You ain't going to party. Let me tell you something. Hell ain't no party. Hell is one miserable second after the next where there's no relief from hatred, from jealousy, from everything I just read you. Come on, are y'all with me? It's the ultimate death. Now, you can hang on to that thing which you think is good or we can repent and bring correction and order 
And then we can start bringing life back in. Come on, are y'all with me? Look what he says. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. There it is. Those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. See, we are to be conformed to his image, not the world's image. See, the world's image is so jacked up right now. That's what 2020 peeled back the layer and said, y'all have missed it. Your lack of faith has allowed people who can't bring correction and order. Come on. Who are not occupying. Listen, when the church quit occupying, then the enemy said, okay, I will. And now our government is full of people who can't govern themselves. Come on, are y'all with me? And we've got kids confused about who they are, what they are. We, we just... in the weeds and the thorns. Let me tell you something. Here's the thing about weeds. Weeds start choking out the good stuff and thorns start holding you down. They'll start oppressing. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I, here's the deal. You, you hear it all the time. Oh, you, who, who made you the judge? No, we're not judges. We're fruit inspectors. We're fruit inspectors. We're just looking at fruit. I may not want you praying over me. What? Well, I'm a Christian. Well, I don't care. I don't see no fruit. Here's what I see. I see disorder. Are y'all with me? I'm telling you right now, oh, hey, get your hands off me. And if you're a preacher and you say, Lord, if it's your will, dang sure get your hands off me. Because if you're a preacher and you have to say, Lord, if it's your will, you don't know God's will, so therefore you don't get to pray over me. I want somebody that knows what God's will is for me. I want somebody that's going to stand next to me, pull his sword out and say, I'll fight with you until you, they put you in the ground. Yeah, that's right. Amen. That's good. Y'all still here? See, his purposes are why. See, God is or God's design is for us to be before him in his presence. That's the design. That's the purpose. Because when we're before God, then we're reflecting Him. And when we're reflecting Him, we're bringing life. Come on, we're not bringing confusion. We're not bringing, oh, well, maybe this is good. Come on. We're bringing life. This is how God's way is. This is what God wants. This is what produces life. This produces death. Come on. See, no matter what we do in life, God will use that to make the changes in our life for our good. Does that make sense? See, that ought to take the pressure off a lot of people. Well, I just don't know what my purpose is. It ain't your purpose, it's His. And your, your calling is to reflect him in what you do. Because everybody in here has a different realm of influence. Everyone in here. I don't care if you work at McDonald's. You have a realm of influence. Man, that kid, that's the best French frying burger flopping guy I've ever seen. Come on. Yeah. The other day we walked into QT up there in uh, McKinney. And I mean, that guy, he, I'm telling you the best cashier I've ever seen in my life. Yes. 
He said, hey, how's it going? I said, man, it's, it's good. Man, it's good. That coffee good. I mean, he just, he was on point. Five dollars. You have a good day. <laughs> I mean, he was, yeah, man, that chorizo and that egg burrito. That's big. I mean, he was on point. Me and Wendy both left there like, oh, dude, he was, it's the best cashier I ever seen. Come on, it doesn't matter where you're at. I guarantee you that guy will be bad. He'll own one. <laughs> See, God will make the changes in our life. We bring life into our realm. We bring order. We bring correction when we occupy and see, and we are to reflect that glory and the love of God for the kingdom. Come on. See, this is what we have to understand about process. We're working out weeds. We're working out the rot and the rust. Come on. See, creation was subject to rot, rust. Come on. And we have to work on that. You're always, especially in Southeast Texas, you're always working on rot and rust. I'm telling you, it'll eat a car plumb up. So we're always having to occupy to keep life. I remember when Mike and Shawnee brought their piece of property. It was just a pasture. That's all it was. It was a pasture that they moved a camper on and lived in the camper with his, hers, and ours. And it had its moment. <laughs> the, <laughs> I'll never forget Mike in a fight with the canopy because it filled up with water and about killed him trying to get the water out. But you go by there now, and I mean, there's more, it looks like better homes and gardens now. I mean, there's more flowers and more different kind of flowers. And Shawnee, she'll just walk through there telling you what everything is. Why? Because they're occupying it. And birds, they got, it's a, I'm telling you, it's like better homes and gardens. If you want to see it, go look. Just don't stay long. <laughs> Michael, put you, Michael put you to work. Yeah, there's a lot of flowers to take care of. <laughs> But that's occupying. But I remember when it was a horse pasture. <laughs> yeah. it's, look, it, we got to occupy. Listen, see, we're all going to go through it. it regardless, we're all going to go through it. But here's the deal. And we're going to fail. And I can't say this. We're going to fail and we're going to have setbacks. Because we're not ever going to fully understand what God's trying to draw out of us until later on. And then you'll look and you'll see, man, God, you were so good, so patient, so loving, because you were allowing me to work this out. Even when I didn't understand, even when I had no idea, when I thought you left me, when I thought you were plumb, oh, when I thought I was on the backside of a mountain in the desert, you didn't even know mine. You knew exactly where I was at. You knew exactly what I was going through in all my failures and all my setbacks. You still brought me out and are fulfilling the purpose and the call that you have called me to do. Come on, man. We have to remain committed to the process to working it out. Come on, y'all hearing me? Even when it's overwhelming, when it seems like too much, or even when we get offended. Because let me tell you something, you can't preach a message 
a true message from this Bible and it not offend a certain part of you. I'm telling you right now. I read things in here all the time I do not like. God, I don't like that. And his words are, get over it. What did he tell Job? This cracks me up. See, and this is what gives me comfort sometimes because I'm not a coddler. And Job is doing the old why, why, why. And here's what God said. Job, gird up your loins and be a man. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I have never had to hear that yet. I'm not sure I want to hear that. So I just try to keep my loins girded up. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and ready to move at any time. Uh, okay, God, we're going to pluck that weed out. We're going to pluck that weed. Come on. We're going to knock off a little rust. We're gonna, come on. Because I'm telling you, could you imagine? Because I'm telling you right now, God talked to Job for a couple of chapters and here's all that Job could do. I better not say nothing else. Right? Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Look here. Verse one, cast your bread on the surface of the waters for you will find it after many days. In other words, you just keep work throwing that bread. The tide may take that bread out, but let me tell you something. At some point, the tide's going to bring it back. Cast your bread upon the water. Keep committing to do it. I'll never forget when Ian come over. Ian was from Australia and he lived with us for a couple of years. He'd come over here to uh, ride saddle broncs and, and he fought bulls, different things. He come over here with 20 bucks in his pocket. No lie. That's all he had left. By the time, listen, he had to drive 1,500 miles through the outback. Ain't, look, look, forget what you, we're talking Crocodile Dundee across outback. He had his truck and everything he owned in it so that he could sell it when he got to the airport to fly over here. That's commitment. And I'm, th there's no, we're talking 1,500 miles of dirt road, cattle stations, that's it. No Holiday Inn Express. I'm, we're talking, we ain't, there ain't even a light on for Motel 6. We're talking bedroll on the ground, sleeping out in the kangaroos. 1,500 miles. Gets here, he's got 20 bucks in his pocket. And I'm telling you, I watched this verse come to life in that man because he kept casting his bread on the water. I, I literally watched him take the money he had. He was believing for a guitar. He took the money, he gave it to a guy. We were at a rodeo, he gave it to a guy and he let go of it and he turned around and bumped into the guy giving him the guitar he was praying for. Literally like that because he had been casting his bread upon the water. He was committed to it. it. Every little dime he got, he would tithe, he would give, but I watched it happen. And this was the verse that he hung on to. Cast your bread on the surface of the water for you will find it after many days. Divide your portion to seven or even to eight for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. That's right there saying, look, I'm in it to win it. Life is going to go on, but I'm going to go on too. And so I'm going to do things right. I'm going to do things in, or, come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? If the clouds are full, they pour out rain upon the earth. 
And whether a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, wherever the tree falls, there it lies. In other words, I can't help which way this tree's going to fall. I ain't going to go out there and try to catch it. It's just going to fall where it falls. Come on. Are y'all starting to see what he's saying here? He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. In other words, you can't sit back and go, well, I don't know if, if I, man, there's so much going on. I, I just, I'm not going to put my seed. I'm not going to plant my seed. I'm going I'm to wait. Well, you ain't going to reap no harvest then. You, yeah, come on. See, we got to get committed to the process here because life is just going to go on. Look in verse five. Just as you do not know the path of the wind and how bones are formed in the womb of the pregnant woman, so you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. Sow your seed in the morning and do not be able, do not be idle in the evening, for you do not know whether morning or evening sowing will succeed or whether both of them alike will be good. So in other words, listen, you got to keep on living. You got to keep on doing you got to be smart about it because it tells us, hey, you may have to divide it into seven and even into eight. Here's what I'm telling you right now. They're going to try something else in this country. Go on and start getting you some cans of corn and beans stacked up. Just start buying extra water. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Water's fixing to be a commodity. Because let me tell you something. You think people are going to get crazy when they can't eat? They're going to really get crazy when they can't drink and they can't find clean water. People are going to come out of those places where they're hooked on city water. Come on, are y'all with me here? I, this ain't a doom gloom trying to scare you. This is what this is saying. Be prepared. Come on, are y'all with me in here? Because listen, here's what you have to recognize that the people running this thing want to keep running it. They do not want God's people to run it. But I got news for them. God is in control. We just have to be smart about it. And we don't have to worry. God's not worried. So why should I worry? Come on. We just got to be smart and put up some beans some cornbread. Come on, are y'all with me? I know. I, I'm way out of time, but I ain't even, I'm halfway through. Are y'all okay? Yeah, we'll get through here pretty quick. Faithful, steadfast, principled. You gotta be principled. Do the principles, you'll get the promises. Y'all with me? You don't have to understand what's going on. You just got to know that God's in control. And that's what Ecclesiastes is telling us. You just keep on going because God's in control. He's the one who tells wind where it goes, where it comes from, all of that. You just keep sowing and you'll reap. Come on. And I'm, listen, it's a, this is about keep doing life. Don't quit doing life. You got to keep occupying. You got to keep bringing correction. You can't just let weeds grow. You can't just let the rust get away. You can't just let, come on, the rot take over. You got to fix things. You got to be hands on. Uh, come on. Be faithful, steadfast, principled in doing the word of God. Listen, we can't get caught up in looking at the issues going on in our culture and do nothing. Understanding that God's purpose is our why and that he is working on us in our what? Through process to reflect the image of his son here on earth. That's what we got to know. That's what we got to understand. The word providence. Now let's look at this real quick. The word providence means divine guidance or care. Power sustaining, guiding human destiny. God conceived it to, from the very beginning to guide us, come on, through life. See, if the devil was all powerful, 
we wouldn't be sitting in this building. But God's purpose is that his kingdom and that his love, his grace, his mercy continue to be seen from generation to generation through us reflecting the image of his son. And if the devil was all powerful here on earth, then he would have stopped that long time ago. So why do I worry? Listen, the word process means marked by gradual changes that lead toward a particular result. The process of growth to subject to or handle through an established usual routine set of procedures. There is a routine set of procedures that God works out the weeds, the rust, and the rot, and the thorns in our life. All through the Bible, you see it. God called Abraham in Genesis 12. And it wasn't until Genesis 22 that God said, indeed, I will. God anointed David to be king at 15. And it wasn't until he was 30 when he took over the kingdom. Come on. So there's a lot of living that takes place during all that. There's a lot of process to get David from a shepherd boy to get him sitting on the throne. What kind of jump is that? Because let me tell you something. There ain't no, there wasn't any uh, university of kingship in David's day. There wasn't no place to go to learn how to be royal. You couldn't watch ABC News, NBC News, and watch the royals or Downton Abbey. You, you couldn't watch that. There was nothing. And for David, a shepherd boy, to become king is providence. It's providence. The word providence, divine guidance or care, power sustaining, guiding human destiny. In other words, that is God opening doors and closing doors as long as we keep stepping in them and being obedient, repent, correct, and bring, come on. Are y'all with me? Second Samuel chapter seven. And I'll begin my first closing. <laughs> Verse eight. Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant, David, this is God. David was wanting to build a temple. God was like, dude, what are you going to build me? You know, what, what kind of house are you going to build me? The earth is my footstool and the heavens, you know, my throne sits on it. What do you, you know? And so David, he's, he can't bear being in a nice house and God's what he thinks God's in a tent. And so now it says, now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant, David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture from following the sheep that you should be ruler over my people, Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name like the names of the great men who are on the earth. I will also appoint a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again, nor will the wicked afflict them anymore as formerly. Even from the day that I commanded judges to be over my people, Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you when your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers. I will raise up your descendants after you who will come forth from you and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. 
I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will correct him in the rod of men and the strokes of the sons of men. But my loving kindness shall not depart from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever in accordance with all these words and all this vision. So Nathan spoke to David. Now listen to me. David was getting downloaded in him what God was going to do, not just right there, but in the future. God began to tell David, David, I'm backing up what I told Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, come on, what I did with Moses. I'm going to, I'm going to confirm this covenant and now I'm going to carry it on for my people. There is a purpose for his covenant. Come on. There's a purpose for his covenant continuing down the line to Jesus where he established the throne forever so that he could get the same covenant in us so that we could reflect the kingdom of God, the image of his son. Come on, does that make sense? See, uh, look here. David says, verse 18, then David the king went in, sat before the Lord. He said, who am I? Oh Lord God. And what is my house that you have brought me this far? David didn't understand the why. David didn't understand what. David had no idea exactly what all God was doing until God began to reveal providence. And that's the thing about providence that you have to understand that unless you're willing to work through the process and walk in purpose, you're never really going to understand the providence. I never understood providence until I look back when I'm sitting on my porch and when I'm waking up at my house and I'm telling you, I never understood it, but then I start thinking back just like David. I start thinking back to where I seen God move me through the process to the next level every time. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? The battles we fought, the misunderstandings, the failures, the setbacks. Come on, does, does anybody hear what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you, you'll start things and you won't complete them. You'll start things and they'll be good and you'll go with that. And then the next thing you know, that gets, that season's gone and you're in another, until you go through some seasons and you look back and you go, man, I see God in that. God, you had me this whole time when I didn't even know you were there. And then it becomes revelation. God, you were with me and you were after me before I even knew you were after me. I go, listen, not only do I go back to when I first got saved, I can go all the way back when I was a kid where God brought me this far. This is when it hit me, providence. Look in verse 26 or verse 25. Now, therefore, Lord God, the word that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and his house, confirm it forever and do as thou hast spoken that thy name will be magnified forever by saying the Lord of hosts is God over Israel. May the house of thy servant David be established before thee. For thou, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel has made a revelation to thy servant saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, thy servant has found courage to pray this prayer. Let me tell you something. David was not talking about, nor was God talking about a house that was a building that had walls. He was talking about lineage. He was talking about a legacy. 
He was talking about, I see it now. I see it. And God, a timeless roar went forth when God said, David, I'm fixing to set a king on the throne that can't be taken. And we will be conformed to his image and we will reflect him. Even creation waits eagerly for this. For the sons of God to step forward and be who they've been called to be. To set the garden back in order. Come on. To get the weeds, the rust, and the rot. Come on, are y'all with me? Because look in chapter 8, verse 1. In this, I will close with this. Now, after this, after what? After the revelation, after he had the courage to pray. Look what. Now, after this, it came about that David defeated the Philistines, subdued them, and David took control of the city. We want control of our government again? Do we want to get back to the Constitution that has the Word of God in it? Yes, sir. Then we've got to do our part. Do we want to see our kids not struggling with confusion, suicide, oppression, peer pressure? trying to fit in, envying. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Do we want to see our kids not get so frustrated, bullied? Guns aren't the issue. Heart's the issue. We have the answer for that. We have the answer for Uvalde. We have the answer for Columbine. We have the answer for Ukraine. We've got the answer to the abortion issues. We've got the answer. Come on. We've got the answer to bring back into control where an enemy is running out of control. Immorality, sensuality. Come on. Enviness, drunkenness, carousing. Come on, we have the answer. What brings life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Oh man, y'all stand. I read something last night. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. These are the fruits that bear life. And the enemy's always wanting to make God a liar. He can't lie. But the enemy wants us to think that God's word is a lie. Because that's what the serpent told Eve. Did God say? In other words, God's word. Come on. All he has to do is interject doubt. And that's when we thought, start thinking. Oh, well, fornication, adultery, idolatry. Eh, I won't die if I do that. No, you may not die right away. I mean, there's some that, I mean, one woman ran over her husband, yeah, but I mean. <laughs> not right away in the act. 
Listen, it produces death. See, and the enemy always wants us to doubt God's word as truth. The truth is there's freedom that you can experience a loving God, that you can experience peace and joy. Come on, there's truth there. And it's only through Christ. But we have to take control. We have to possess our emotions, our feelings. Listen, God, God made us with emotions and feelings. It's the devil that tries to pervert it. Father, we come to you. Lord, help us to understand providence. That there is a guiding hand in our life. And that the process gets the weeds, the thorns, the rust and the rot out. Just like David taking us from the pasture of being a shepherd boy to being a king. To being a peculiar people, a royal people. A people for your own possession. That is your purpose. That we reflect. Even all creation is groaning for us to step up and take control. Father, I thank you Show us the areas that we need to work on, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.